Hello and welcome to another episode of Mark My Words, Don't Forget the Colon. So on today's episode, I'm really excited to be speaking to Rianne Hutchings. She had the initiative with her sister to create a blog in lockdown, and I'm very excited to hear about their blog posts, their articles, what made them create this blog, and why they decided to make it bilingual. That's super interesting to me, and I can't wait to hear what she has to say. It's going to be a really good one. So today's pod blast, where I put a podcast on blast, is a recommendation from Gabby Little, and I'm so grateful to hear her opinion. So she personally recommended to me um, that I should listen to Crime Junkie, and she reckons that it's about murder, disappearance, but they do a lot of different cases that don't get much media attention. And I can't say I've listened to it, but that is the top of my list now, because as you know, I love, 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 love a murder mystery. I grew up on watching Agatha Christie's Poirot, David Suchet is my king. I cannot wait to listen to this podcast. And thank you very much to Gabby for giving this recommendation. Much appreciated. But before we get into today's interview, you have got to go and donate to Alfie's GoFundMe page. I mean, come on. I've said it every episode now. You know the drill. Go and donate to his GoFundMe page. Go and educate yourself on trans rights. You know exactly why this is important. It's just such an important deal for the queer community, for the LGBTQ plus community. I can't stress this enough. Please go and donate to his GoFundMe page. Top Surgery is literally going to make him so much happier. And I don't see why you're holding back. Go on and donate. So for this section now, I'm joined by Rianne Hutchings, a founding member of the blog Daffodil. Hi, Rianne. Hello, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Good stuff. So um, prior to the interview, Rianne and I had a good combo just because we're obviously both language students and chatting about year abroad and all that stuff. But um, you have a pretty interesting background and although I'm half Welsh, I don't speak any Welsh, which I feel like is a a thorn in my side, to be honest. But um, (laughs) your blog, Daffodil, is really interesting to me because I've never seen a publication which has two languages to it where one is such a minority language why was that important to you when you started the blog um well I've always sort of had my education in Welsh and English so for me it's kind of been something that I've always you know talked at home and talked with my friends and stuff and then I remember it during lockdown um on one of those like really long lockdown afternoons that we um (laughs) we all had um Caddy and I my sister sorry were speaking and we just sort of thought we wanted to share our opinions but we did we couldn't decide whether we wanted to do it in Welsh or English and a lot of our friends speak both so we thought you know why can't we just do it in both and give people an opportunity as well as ourselves as well to write in Welsh and English um and to try and make it sort of as inclusive as possible because we are you know we absolutely love obviously speaking the language as you probably know by the amount I go on about it to you <laughs> in the book. um but yeah no that's that was the original idea I think mm-hmm. that's really interesting because like I've heard of um, people who come from say a, a different country to the UK and they sort of either embrace their culture or they hide it and it's just interesting that it wasn't even like a thought to you but when you've been publicizing your blog and you've been trying to get the word out and obviously get like um a following um, did you worry that the Welsh might put people off at all? Um, I guess in a, I surprisingly going to university in England, so going to Exeter University and studying languages, 
um, I've had a lot of strange comments about the Welsh language and some comments that really that shocked me I've never expected to sort of just sort of more negative comments um so I I did kind of we we did feel a little bit nervous maybe about in that sense but then I know sort of my friends in Wales were uh, all very passionate about the language so I knew that that would get a good reception and in a sense if I could try and make people outside of Wales see that passion for the language and how it's still sort of really thriving especially in sort of my friendship group and my school and family then hopefully I thought that could sort of um get like present the message in a better way than sort of me maybe ranting about it too much to them (laughs) well you never rant about it too much it's always really interesting um so the area of wales that i have you know family roots in there's no welsh whatsoever apart from like signposts and stuff which is um aberdare south wales um whereabouts are you from in wales oh that's that's really interesting um i'm from swansea so not too far from aberdare i feel like South Wales is a difficult one because there are there are pockets of a lot of Welsh in Cardiff especially but then there are areas also because I think it's so close to the border where it's less sort of prevalent but then if you go to the north for example um it's on it like there are some villages where it's sort of predominantly Welsh and I absolutely love that I love going to North Wales and just hearing it all the time it is really nice. So as a language student when you flip between the two places do you sort of can you hear a, a difference in the language or like do you see a cultural difference almost between north and south wales because of the welsh language uh yeah definitely i think there's a there's a feeling i feel well with the accent to start with i think because a lot of people see welsh as quite a minority minority language which it is to be fair they don't realize that there's such a sort of difference in accents and difference in attitudes towards certain stuff so there's definitely sort of cultures within cultures of the Welsh language which I find really interesting and like it as a language student as you said and I'm you know both of us being language students like that sort of thing is just so fascinating yeah yeah. we really geek out on that kind of thing yeah (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I love that so um we had conversations before just like half-heartedly about you know what we want to do with our lives and how on earth we're going to be employable after a degree <laughs> um and uh, i just love the fact that you're a writer and you you want to be a writer and you've got yourself your own blog um what challenges did you face at the beginning of you know this creation during lockdown i think uh maybe predominantly technological challenges but that was sort of more um something you know i worked on to get the website up but i think um creatively it was it was really nice despite being quite feeling quite trapped to have sort of that time ahead of you of just sort of of being able to write and being able to sort of be creative and I think that that was a really um, positive aspect of lockdown and um, the process then became because I could sort of you could think of an idea and despite this year being so catastrophic in so many ways it was there were a lot of ideas you could bounce off in terms of um uh sort of the political and things so there was a lot of things to respond to creatively as well which sort of which helped I suppose 2020 has been a regular person's nightmare but a reporter's (laughs) dream (laughs) yeah yeah definitely yeah definitely and creatively as well it's sort of there's a lot of um 
sort of emotion uh, without there's a lot of sort of emotion going on and anxiety and stuff like that so there's a lot to sort of respond to in that sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and it's funny you say that there's a lot of emotion to respond to to what extent do you think your writing responds to emotion or tries to have an effect on people's emotions Uh, that, that is a really good question I think and I think to some extent I try and do both when I write sort of in a sense it's always been ever since I was really small it's been the way I've responded to my emotions like the only way that I've been able to is just to write something down and that's how I kind of process it but also you I sort of want to be emotive in some of the language because you want people to sort of think and oh gosh yeah that's that's right and like some of the articles that we um some of that we've managed to get sort of the one that you wrote as well for us um and you know my sister's university friends it they the that sort of language as well really um really makes you like feel something and I think that's what I've enjoyed the most from Daffodil really mm-hmm. well it, thank you for mentioning the <laughs> article I wrote about trans rights it's, yeah. it's very kind of you to mention that because you know go and donate to Alfie make pieces you know go fund me page please 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 go do it um, yeah. listen to the last episode he's an amazing guy yeah. um because by the time this is out <laughs> yeah. episode will be up. <laughs> yeah definitely um but yeah, no, that's it's really nice of you to talk about how like you know the news and reporting can sort of bring people together because something I've found a lot in in memes and conversation is that lockdown was really lonely for a lot of people. Um, so how do you feel that post pandemic? Because we will get out of this damn pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, what role do you think journalism is going to play when people aren't? always attach their screens as they have been in lockdown I think that's a really interesting question and I think um this lockdown and the pandemic has definitely made me try and look at journalism more um objectively because I think obviously journalism you know it's in it what well, it the the news and, and everything is obviously crucial but I've found a lot that one the news can get quite overwhelming um and can kind of when you're sat sat at home and everything the sort of the constantness of the news is just it it can be quite overwhelming but also I feel like journalism and different types of newspapers I'm not gonna name any specific newspapers but that it has to be sort of there has to be some sort of I think safeguard safeguarding or something in terms of people's um in um sort of po- in polarization like people are being polarized by journalism mm-hmm. and I think that has happened more in this lockdown because you you know everyone sat at home you've, you're looking at your screens and I think I've really had to look at sort of the role of journalism in just portraying the news and obviously mm-hmm. applying some personal opinion to that but also in not polarizing because if you look at twitter my twitter you know is an echo chamber for what i believe in and i think that Mm -hmm. has been one of the biggest consequences i think of this pandemic is like massive polarization of people because of the media Mm -hmm. that sounds so interesting because a minute ago you were saying about how you know lockdown has made you creative and how it's given you the opportunity to be sort of reflecting people's opinions but also putting out your own Mm -hmm. and yet at the same time that's dangerous yeah no definitely I really I I really see that and we had a lot we had a dilemma with that on Daffodil for one of our articles we had someone um 
expressing a political opinion. It was a very strong political opinion. And obviously we didn't want to censor to an extent because you want someone to feel as if they can express their opinion. But there were things that we read and we thought we didn't want to come across as something as a website which was predominantly like very very left or very very sort of a a specific political view because otherwise that really as you as you said it sort of isolates people because they think oh we can't really read or contribute to that because it's this it's of this political view so I think that was actually really interesting because it helped people be creative but it also sort of did kind of introduce a sort of sides element to everything there was a side to everything which was difficult as well I've found recently, well, especially in lockdown, it's, I've been gifted by present times a, a vested political interest that I, I can't say I affiliate with any political party as such yet. But it's definitely shown me that politics, whether you like it or not, is involved in anything. Mm. You know, when you have a blog, you have to think about the politics mm. and the left and right and centrists and all that kind of stuff. And even in me making this podcast, I, I mean, this is very similar to what you just said, but I would like to have, you know, extreme right and left um, political members or just everyday people chatting about their opinions Mm. and being able to take criticism Mm. and even just play devil's advocate with them a little bit um so what did you actually decide in the end with in terms of censorship of that article how did you resolve that um we had a discussion with so it it does help a lot because my sister and i started the blog together so it does help because i feel like if one of us was doing it by ourselves we've got so we sort of soundboarded it with each other for a little bit and try and you know tried to reason it out um and then spoke to him just about some of the terminology he used it wasn't offensive terminology at all but it was very sort of very extreme and quite opinionated so it was Mm -hmm. you know it was a very cleverly written article it was very very well written and it was I didn't want to change anything that was the issue I just I thought it was really clever but you just didn't it was as you said it's just the difference of trying to let you know express your opinion but also try not to make it a blog that exclusively expresses one opinion is was the key Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense thank you um so it's to sort of go back to a previous metaphor with you know Essentially, it sounds like your blog, you're trying not to stir the pot, but you're trying to sort of swirl the, the soup in a certain direction and also calm the swirling in a different direction. Yes. The soup metaphor is kind of outlived a little <laughs> bit here. But, yeah. um, I'm just interested how you think that um, that idea would help people in minority little, like you say, groups in Wales or people who only speak Welsh. Do you think that something like your blog is going to help people stay connected or do you think that's the kind of thing that holds us in the past where we rely on on social media and just general media yeah no I think that's a a good question because I think the sort of the main idea of the blog of the blog at the start I think was our frustration at sort of uh, at what was going on and want, wanting to be able to contribute so we were sort of hoping that other people who were also maybe feeling frustrated maybe a bit disconnected or something would be able to express their opinions and kind of read on read about other people's opinions and sort of try and portray the things that we thought were really important that people would be reading about because in an ideal world if I if I didn't have sort of university I I would hope well I'd be writing on everything I possibly could but unfortunately (laughs) um, I can't so it, it sort of it was hoping yeah I hope and the issues that sort of 
we found important and that other people our age sort of found important and Welsh language issues as well as just general issues so it could just become like a platform that would help everybody stay connected I think. Mm. Well it's interesting that you talk about how just general issues and things that make us irritated I'll be the first to say that I get most of my news either from word of mouth or Instagram Mm -hmm. and the biggest danger of that and I'm very aware of this is that misinformation and fake news is just so problematic and it's so easy to believe um how have you managed to get around fake news and put out the truth in your blog yeah i think definitely the fake news element of things and the fact that as you said and i completely agree i've got to sort of be careful of it myself because my main consumption of or main my a, a lot of my consumption of news is via instagram and So I think that's, you've got to be really careful because people, and, you know, it's very, you know, you can see some very creative and very um, powerful threads or whatever on a specific piece of news. And it's very easy to take it, you know, as it, as it is. But I just, I always try and check the sources. And even then it can be difficult to check the facts completely. But if you can kind of try and, well, we've just been trying to check the sources mainly and trying not to sort of um well if there are statistics making sure that they're actually validated um through sort of a a lot of the sort of newspapers and things will attach how they found their sources and stuff like that and trying to you know with instagram sometimes they leave the links and stuff to read the links that they leave just to make to, Mm -hmm. to see where they've got their information from because it's scarily easy to make a sort of a an informative thread at the moment even though I actually think it's good that it's that easy as well because I do um think that the consumption of news should be something that's accessible to everyone and not sort of um go and read a you know go and read the newspaper I think it should move with its times Mm -hmm. with the times and yeah but we need to have a sort of extra control over it yeah I just I think sort of even as just a personal sort of right okay I'm reading this is this accurate or how how can I verify that this is accurate and this is not just trying to make me feel a certain way about a certain topic mm-hmm. um just to have a little bit of awareness because otherwise I f- it's so easy to kind of and if you believe strongly about something then you know it is understandable you want things to be true and I'm, I've been guilty of that in the past but you just want you mm-hmm. want to make sure that things are sort of um accurate so you can you know be passionate but also sort of accurate about things and not spread like fake news you know and not talk out of your yeah basically, basically yeah <laughs> yeah that's so cool so um well thank you ever so much for chatting about your blog and your upbringing and all that stuff mm-hmm. it's so so interesting um would you like to plug daffodil right here live on air <laughs> um well yeah just um if i haven't sort of said before it's something that everyone or anyone can contribute to about any topic um uh however many words it's and also creative writing we we want to do we basically want to do it all and it's just something that we can all sort of share opinions stay connected and hopefully try and um make sense of what's you know the weird world that's going on around us that's a great way to sum it all up so i will leave the instagram um 
uh, name and any links, whatever that we can find attached uh, in the description of the episodes or in my bio on Instagram. Great. Thank you so much for chatting with Thank me. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. And here we are again with another one of Laura's iconic moments. Hello, Laura. How are we doing? Great, thanks. How are you? I'm fantastic. Can't wait to hear what you've got chosen for me today. So this week is both a music moment and a film moment. And I wanted to talk about Curtis Mayfield's music for the song Superfly. Superfly is a really, really fun film. It's instrumental in the films of the Black Sportation Movement. And this was a, it's a bunch of films um, kind of from around the 70s. And they have, you know, they have black directors, they have black cast, and they're a real important group of films and pioneering in cinema for black representation on screen. And I wanted to talk about the soundtrack for this um, this particular film because it just slaps like it's <laughs> so good. Um, it's funky, it's funny, it's really, really, really fun to listen to. Um, Curtis Mayfield doing bits with his song Super um, I sorry, not Superfly, Pusher Man. What am I talking about? Pusher Man, which is in the song Superfly film. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely recommend it. It's pioneering um, cinema. It's really like, you know, it certainly is the beginning. Like, you'll watch it and you'll be like, oh, this film is really weird. <laughs> like, why is there a five minute sequence in which someone just chases another guy? Like, it's funny. Um, but yeah, I super recommend the film and the album. I just love them both. Yeah. Fab, thank you very much. So now in this section, I have decided to surprise my incredible, talented, wonderful friend, Perudi Bajoria. <laughs> she has not yet agreed to be a guest on the on the our podcast. Yes, see, that face, that face lies, Perudi. I have invited you and you have not yet said to me that you are I said so I'm in. Excited. The only thing that's left for me to do is sign the thing. I'm sorry I haven't been able to do Well, that. do you know what, Prudy? That's just not good enough. But <laughs> I have decided to I have decided to scare you today and say, Prudy, pick up my call right now. You have. Because you are gonna give us you're gonna give us our album recommendation for the day. So please could you right now, I know, the lightning round, this is what you get. This is what you get. <laughs> I would like you to recommend an album first, please. <laughs> Off the top of your head, any album whatsoever. It could be The Rhythms of Africa. It could be, you know, a Fergie's album that no one listened to. Whatever you want. Um, I, off the top of my head, the only album that I remember listening to, like, completely from, like, start to finish is uh, the 1975's debut album. Nice. Um, it's it's beautiful. I love the different like sounds that they have, and it's got one of the most amazing songs made by them to date. And um, which one is that? Um, it's got songs like uh, "Settle Down," um, "Sex," um, "Chocolate." I wonder what that one sounds like. Sounds great. All of it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you ever so much well thank you for you know taking my surprise attack on you know a <laughs> podcast episode um but i would like to give an album recommendation technically it's an ep but hey we don't care it's on spotify 
It's called Head and Heart by PB. Oh, yes. Truly, we're promoting your EP. Oh, my God. If you don't do it, I will. <laughs> it is on Spotify. It's on everything, isn't it? Yeah, it's on everywhere, yeah. Oh, she's a multi-platform <laughs> artist. Look at that. Oh, wait, and Preeti, am I right in thinking, did you, did you get interviewed by Rolling Stone India? Yes, I did. Well, come on, you've got to tell us a little bit about that. That's pretty <laughs> damn cool. Um, I was in the process of making this the, the EP, and a friend of mine said that um, she's got a contact who's a writer, and he was really keen on listening to my demos. So I sent him across, like, two of the songs that I was working on at that moment and he really liked them and he said he would love to like get in contact with me again once the EP is ready um mm-hmm. so once the EP was ready I sent him the entire EP and he was he was really keen to you know like do a whole interview about the entire process and stuff so I was on the front of their website on the day of the release so Wow, imagine being a talented enough pop icon that you get to literally headline Rolling Stones India. That's, I mean, you've got to have something talented, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it was just like a lot of, uh, like if my friend would have had the contact, I would probably not be able to, would have not been able to but see also- myself on there. But also, if you didn't have good music, you wouldn't have been on there. So, I mean, um, fate, fate lines us up in strange ways. We've just got to be there. That is true. Um, having the opportunity, really. And then it's yeah, all about well, the right time and the right place. <laughs> well, look at you being so cool. Um, yes, this is, this is me calling you out face-to-face, because we're on a FaceTime call. <laughs> calling you out, you, young lady need to be a guest in this podcast i promise a, you know what i'm gonna sign that form this minute amazing yes for one it gives me an excuse to look at your face <laughs> and catch up with you and second of all how can you not i'm so wanna, sorry like, i've been really caught up with are. master's work oh no honey you are busy i get that that's totally fine it is no pressure whatsoever apart from the fact that it's like major pressure <laughs> but like you have got to tell people how amazing and cool you are because hello how amazing and cool are you Thank you. I'm really flattered. Well, I mean, you did also set off the alarm in your entire apartment block uh, because you've been <laughs> toast. So, I mean, you're pathetic, but also super talented. I'm, uh, I'm a living walking mess. So... <laughs> oh, you made me do my ugly laugh. That's the first time it's happened on the podcast. <laughs> I'm sure your listeners would love that. Uh, yeah, watch as they all unsubscribe and all unfollow, and I'm left alone talking to a microphone with nobody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I will, I will end this here, but we've got to catch up and call and get you a proper. Oh, for sure, I'll just, cool. I'll just sign it. I promise, I'll just sign it. Yeah, this was done on the seventeenth. Watch as we don't get an episode until like next year when I'm like begging <laughs> for a friend. <laughs> Fab, thank you for reading. No worries. Bye, my love. <laughs> Hold up a second. Before you finish this episode, you also need to go and check out Hader and Co on Instagram. Yep, that's Haders and Co on Instagram. If you're in the Newcastle Pontine area, which is where I'm from, as I said last episode, yep, get it right. Then you need to go and check out Haders and Co because this is 
Um, Zara Hader, she has the most incredible business where she makes like pop tarts and cakesicles and Christmas chocolates and like chocolate lollies. Just she makes all the coolest stuff and then like cinnamon swirls and cupcakes. It's incredible. Her Instagram page is it it looks only half as good as they taste. If you're in the Newcastle area, you have got to try these out. Get your order in before Christmas because they are flying out literally like hotcakes. So that looks like it's the end of episode nine from Mark My Words, the podcast. I'm very grateful to everyone that's come on and spoken to me today. Uh, Rianne was so interesting. I'd never considered doing a blog and well, just English, let alone making it bilingual. That's super cool. And yeah, it's just been a fun episode and I hope you've enjoyed it too. As ever, make sure that you go and support Alfie's GoFundMe page. You can find all of those links in the episode details on the Instagram page and wherever you find your podcasts, it'll be in the episode details. So go and donate, support him, support me, follow this podcast if you can. You can just press follow or subscribe on whatever you listen to your podcasts on. And on Apple Podcasts and a couple other platforms, you can even leave a review. So go ahead, just make it a five-star review. Come on. Anyway, thanks for listening.